Oh, oh, one more thing. Just One More Thing, a podcast about Columbo. I'm R.J. White. I'm John Morris, and on this episode, we'll be discussing It's All in the Game, originally broadcast on October 31st, 1993, <laughs> directed by Vincent McEvity, written by Peter Falk, and starring Peter Falk as Columbo, Faye Dunaway as Laura Statton, and really kind of basically nobody else for the most part. Well, except for you're isolating out our uh, uh, huge Babylon 5 Slash Our, Columbo sub fan base. And I'm happy to do it. Claudia Christian. There we go. Uh, and we're joined, as always, every program by a special guest. This time around, it's returning guest, Carolina <laughs> Johnson. I'm back. Yeah, that's right. Writer and cartoonist. Uh, but before we bring her on, even though she just said, I'm back. Uh, <laughs> John, uh, who did the what now? Well, I'll tell you, RJ. Faye Dunaway plays the wealthy and glamorous Laura Statton, who, in collusion with Claudia Christian as constantly tremulous Lisa Martin, plots the murder of their two-timing abusive gambling addict Lothario Amando Pucci. Although Pucci dies on the way back to his home as planted, it's not all smooth sailing for the murderers, because who should show up looking for clues and breakfast but Detective Columbo? Staten has a plan for dealing with the detective, though. Free neckties and copious smooches. Falk wrote this, right? Yeah. Um, Columbo falls for Staten. Staten. Staten falls for Columbo. But as they said in the 90s, who's zooming who? 1985, actually. It's an episode packed with the uncomfortable sight of Columbo stepping out on his unseen misses. Not to mention that Staten's <laughs> seemingly sapphic co-conspirator is actually her daughter. Her rival. Her daughter and her rival. <laughs> For a jaded oh, detective, is forbidden love just one more thing, or does duty rule the day? I don't know. Let's find out together. All right. Thank you, John. And before uh, we have, it's been a while since we had the show. Uh, I want to ask uh, the audience's indulgence. Uh, there have been surgeries. There have been vacations. Uh, there have been martinis. There have been replaced boilers in houses. <laughs> so we're a little tired. But... We're still pressing on. Carolina, Columbo. welcome back. You picked this episode. Why did you choose this one? Oh, uh, you know, because it was the only... Well, was it? Why was it? Because I think it's the only of two 90s episodes that I'd actually seen. Oh, okay. That's a good reason. <laughs> yeah. And also because it was just so kind of creepy. And you know how I like creepy things. Like, uh, of I course. Just the Suzanne Plachette. All right. Uh, yes. And I just thought the, the sight of Faye Dunaway blowing in... Uh, Columbo's ear was just super creepy, and I had to choose it. Oh, it's very this is, strange. This is true that the last episode we had you on was for Dead Weight, I believe it was called. Yes. Which was also an episode where the murderer attempts to seduce, in this case, a witness, as opposed to the investigating yeah. detective. Although that oh. would have been an amazing episode if Eddie Albert had been trying to seduce Columbo. Oh, sure. <laughs> a little, a little forward-thinking for the 1970s, but still, yes. <laughs> it would have been interesting. <laughs> So it's creepy seduction is the theme creepy. of Carolina yeah. Johnson. Yeah, it's just like if it makes me uncomfortable, then I'm not going to run away from it. I'll just run to it. Fantastic. And, and, and I'll to say, like, um, the first time I watched this, I really intensely did not like it, mostly for that fact. But then the second time watching it, uh, that was completely, like, cut in half, if not by more, because you see that Columbo is actually, as the the title kind of says 
sees that it's all in the game. And he's actually playing the same game that is set up by Faye Dunaway. Exactly. And just kind of playing her like she's trying to play him. It's a little uncomfortable, but it's much less uncomfortable once you know what's going on. That was my identical experience. First time I watched it, I was so uncomfortable watching Columbo. I hate I like actively yeah. was kind of almost angry at it because <laughs> yeah. you're, well, you're set up from like a decades of this character before this uh, being so great about his wife, who may or may not exist, being so great about his wife and everything else, and all of a sudden he's just like kissing Faye Dunaway in department stores. What the hell is this? Yeah. But then the same time you, yeah. But the same time you see it, it's a lot more obvious. Like, oh no, he's just doing this just to try to crack the case. Yeah, I was also really curious to watch it because I saw that Faye Dunaway won a won an Emmy for this role. As Wait, what? Yeah. Holy yeah. cow! Really? I had no idea. <laughs> I could swear you can Google it while we're talking, but I'm good. Sure yeah, I should I should really send you a like information packet about the episodes, RJ. <laughs> I'm fine. I watched them. <laughs> you I want to be. You know what, John? Uh, you, you're the, uh, I'm the play-by-play. Uh, I'm color? You're color, yes. Uh, I, I thought you, you didn't see color. <laughs> hey, what? Uh, oh, dear. Anyway. John. Yeah, I mean, apparently <laughs> she won a, a, an Emmy for comedic actress. And I was oh, like, weird. oh, so this is going to be funny. No, and it's, she, uh, she wasn't it's, that uh, <laughs> it's like one of those weird category Emmys that's like, in a comedy, music, or other special, or something. Oh, uh, okay. Because this, this this was when they were doing like pretty much like the specials, quote unquote. Yeah. Like the TV movies, they didn't want to categorize them as movie. Okay. Oh, weird. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, also the second time watching this through, I realized Faye Dunaway is actually very good in this. She's great. Yeah. Uh, she's good. <laughs> I think she. I think she's. I, I. I think she's rather good in this. The one thing that gets me though. And, and John alluded to this in his uh, summary. The fact, like, okay, you, you cast Faye Dunaway in some sort of murder mystery, and you make the twist hinge around her having a daughter no one knew about? Yeah. Why would you do that? <laughs> because it's so famous that... that Why? Why would you bother with that? Because everyone's going to compare it to that, to Chinatown. Everyone's going right. to do that. That just seems kind of Wasn't lazy it kind of, and sloppy and odd. I think it was like a wink, you know? It was like uh, he was having fun with it. I don't know if it was a wink. It, I, I mean, it seems like a nap. <laughs> <laughs> this this whole episode, I think, so much of it is Falk getting to indulge a lot of ideas. I'm sure he was, uh, you know, bouncing around with Columbo. Well, I don't I don't blame Falk, though, because... Well, he, he wrote, wrote it. The, well, he wrote the script, but he didn't, <laughs> but he didn't cast it. At some point, uh, okay. someone thought, oh, well, cast Faye Dunaway, and the role is this, and everyone's like, ah, fine. But he, he might have written this one back in the 70s. Who knows? That's well, true. been working on it for, like, decades. And I felt like, oh, you know what? We'll finally do this. We're trying to do ones getting away from our usual stuff. We'll do the undercover thing. Uh, we'll do Falk script, whatever. Oh, you know, we got uh, Faye Dunaway. We'll cast her in it. It might not have been entirely his decision. He might have thought of somebody else, like, back in the 70s for this. It's possible. Um, you know, when I was in L.A., I managed to find a copy of Falk's autobiography. Oh, hey, John, you went to L.A.? <laughs> I'll mention it only five more times. Okay. Yeah, it's, um, like, it's like those people who go like, oh, well, you know, I, I did a semester abroad in Ireland. <laughs> I like when they come back from Europe and oh, they, start, terrible. they start referring to retirees as pensioners. Yes! Oh, my or God, they, that's a Or they say things like, 
Oh, I just come on up to my flat. <laughs> I'm sorry, I mean apartment. Oh. I just got back from England. I love that. Put it in the bin. Put it, oh, oh, put it in the yes. bin. Bin that for me. Would you bin that for oh, me? Oh, it's terrible. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I learned that in my uh, time on the continent. <laughs> I'll just toss that in the boot. I mean the trunk. <laughs> Love that. It's one of my favorite things. Oh, my um, favorite things in terms of I want to punch them in the face. <laughs> anyway, so I'm not that far into the book, although it's very easy to read if you pick up a copy because he just tells very short anecdotes for the most That's part. That's good. Uh, but one of the very first anecdotes in the book was about this episode. Oh, really? Wherein he explains that he was... Uh, driving home from shooting, I believe, the scene in the bar, which involves a lot of kissing. And he was so uh, distracted by the kissing that he got he got uh, <laughs> zinged for driving 55 in a 35 zone. That's, <laughs> even, just, that's even so mild. It's, so it's really strange. sweet, though, isn't it? He's just daydreaming about Faye Dunaway and gunning in the car on the highway. Oh, and did, so did the cops say you smell like a French whore? Nice. <laughs> a good line from this episode. It is funny that the cop recognized him. <laughs> Uh, effused about him, got an autograph appropriately enough for his wife, uh, <laughs> but still gave him the ticket, which is oh good, just terrific. Yeah, at the time Falk was like, "What?" But he said in retrospect, That's combo. "Yeah, um, <laughs> he would have he he given the ticket." Oh sure, yes, of course. Absolutely. That's well, great, sure, whatever. But I gotta that. give you the ticket, so here you go. You say that, except Columbo does something in this episode that he has never done before. Oh. Which is he lets a conspirator in the murder. That is, that's yeah. true, yeah. Yeah. It's a little weird. And he really just flat out kind of lets Dunaway make the choice. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's you or her, and that's good enough for him. Yeah, but, no, and, and tells... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Does he know? He doesn't know that it's her daughter. Not right? yet. That's no, right. when he yeah. lets her go, he doesn't know. Yes. And it sort of even looks as if he's playing off of her by no. like that's how she wants it. Like you know, your lover wants you to leave, yeah. stay yeah. with me. Yeah, no, he like uh, he he is genuinely surprised when uh, she does the reveal. Like it's my daughter. Like he is. Yeah, he is. He is shocked by that. Even even Columbo is taken in by the uh, lesbian signifiers that are. <laughs> yes, he he episode. saw the same footage we saw. Somehow he was maybe to the <laughs> yeah. same phone calls. That I thought was was fairly clever because they really were they were selling it very oh hard. Oh my god, they were selling it so hard. And then when it comes, you know, it and you're right that it's a tired reveal. Although I'm going to say that I think any actress in that role, it would have been kind of a tired reveal to hear it's not my lover, it's my daughter because that, that it would always be slightly reminiscent of Chinatown. Right, but I mean the fact that it's, I know, it's a specific it's on the note, actress is like oh my goodness. What if it were Cindy Lauper? Anyway. <laughs> I yes, would have loved to have seen Cindy. I would yeah. love to have seen Cindy Lauper in a Columbo episode. A hundred that would have been amazing. Oh, that would have been a great. My God. Or, or there, there's still like time. A... There's still time. What are we saying? She could be part of the Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, right. If that ever happens. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. But yeah. But anyway, I thought that was re- that was really cleverly done, and it's it becomes a confusing plot element. Halfway through, when Dunaway's on the phone with her daughter, explaining how much she's kind of falling for Columbo. Yes, yeah, that's... but I like that because confusion is in a lot in in the well done story. Confusion is the same thing as like you know tension. Right. It gives you something to ask yourself and ask the show. Right. Now, now, one thing, like speaking of the confusion, the tension, like the, we talked about the first time I saw this, I was very very bothered 
by Columbo, like, what are you doing? You're not. What are you, <laughs> right. you, you got this white people we've been hearing about for like since the nineteen since uh, nineteen sixty eight. What are you doing, man? So this one, uh, at what point uh, did you folks watching it a second time or maybe the first time through? Did you realize like, oh, okay, he is actually playing her also? Like, at what 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 point was it for you folks? I'm curious. Whenever he takes off his tie, yes. <laughs> The, okay, the tie okay. code is 100 percent it. That was it. Like uh, the second time through, I saw it. It's when um, he was in um, Claudia Christian's uh, CD apartment, apartment yeah. motel thing. And he sees a photo and he takes the tie off. It's like, oh, that's what he's doing. Actually, okay. I, for me, I had a really big hint earlier. <clears throat> oh. Uh, and it's when he is bothering her. I think it's it's at like the entrance to her. I don't remember what it was the entrance to, but it was a guarded entrance. And something he's wealthy. Through. Yeah, and he was doing something wealthy. Uh, she was driving into the wealth zone, yes. zone 58. And uh, he's leaning outside her car. Oh, and she after, 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 okay, I, I, I should be, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and she asks him, don't you have a first name I can call you? And he says, Lieutenant. Lieutenant, yes. And that, that was, was the moment wonderful. I realized he still has boundaries. Mm-hmm. And he's established that particular boundary. Yeah. That, like, he probably was kind of hoping she wouldn't hit up against it. but Because it, it kind of comes off like he's being playful, and yet not. Right. And yet not. There's still, like, this wall coming down. But then you could still interpret that as being like, oh, he's being a little whimsical. It's like, oh, lieutenant. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, kind of a funny thing. But then also, the other way, you can see, like, no, I'm a cop. I'm still investigating yeah. you because I have suspicions. Yes. But yeah, once because you know the thing about <clears throat> I, I would imagine with r- romantic affairs or even you know scripted television romantic affairs is the the key is usually wild abandon or right. the slow breaking down of your of your prohibitions and that he was able to hold that one so fast and firm made me think nope he's he's faking it he's done yeah yeah, yeah. well and also with the um well uh, let's bring up uh, Barney's beanery. Oh, shall we? Wait, you know, John, I was in L.A. last week. Oh, sure. Oh, wait, John, were you? <laughs> and uh, you know, did, discovered you, did you pick up any accents or cultural things from L.A. when you were there? Uh, yeah, I think so. There's yeah, not much not to fa- get there. Not fast enough on that one. Sorry. Mm. I, did, I just ate at Togo's all the time. That was about it. Uh, but Barney's Beanery is, of course, a, an actual restaurant. Like the fact that the sign exists in a Colombo implies that it's a real place. It's so weird. Yeah. But there's eight of them, and they've been around for more than 80 years. Wow. So and it's like a real institution. Are they all have a fat, drunk guy named the commissioner <laughs> I sitting so in the background of them? Because that'd be great. <laughs> it always has, like, it has a commissioner, and then it's got two drunks in the back. Well, it's like, he always has to shut up. I don't know if you folks remember, but there, were, there was a time uh, when they tried to franchise Cheers bars. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. airports across the country and whatnot. To the point of having Cliff and Norm uh, uh, animatronic robots oh, at the end of the bars. Oh, wait, were they robots? Yes, and they actually, I think, um, I'm pretty sure George went, we'll get to that episode, George went and uh, uh, John Rensburg actually sued about it. So they changed wow. the wigs on them or something like that, but they actually did that. Like, I remember at the uh, Detroit airport, the old um, terminal no longer used, I remember like going into one of those as kind of a kid, 
It's like, oh, it's it's like it's a Cheers bar. Like, oh, there's creepy things over there. Yeah, they're moving their arms and talking and stuff like that. Yeah, they call them Schnorm and Schliff, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Schnorm. (laughs) So every single one of the Barney's beaneries has a oh look, it's ye old commissioner who just kind of like once in a while like I'll help you, whatever. Like this weird statue off in the corner. Thank you for that preview of you getting old. Oh, sure, I've had two martinis. So <laughs> That's exactly what that is. We're supposed to be yelling at you. Oh. Um, yeah, but John Finnegan there playing the owner of Barney. In fact, his yes. character's name is Barney. Yeah, I know. Uh, John Finnegan, who that... we talked about recently. Right. Uh, in uh, the, um, oh, geez, the uh, uh, friend in need. He was yes. the uh, robbery detective. Plus, he was in a bunch of these. And also, uh, Cassavetti's an alum. Mm-hmm. Which it has to be why he was putting these. But yeah. I was surprised he was like well into the '90s ones, and he looks exactly the same as he did in the '70s. Which good for I you felt... is like a character actor. Yeah, fell into if a you can look the same, <laughs> fell to a Lazarus. But yes, <laughs> can't believe that re- that reference makes sense now. Anyway, <laughs> good lord, drink yeah. up. Yeah, I did. I said it was water, not gin. So that's good. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, but yeah, let's. Uh, so Barney's Beanery is is fascinating. I want to I want to grab some chili there, obviously, because that's your Colombo meal, right? But it was such oh, a huge part of this, and it's not going to be yeah. part of any other episodes. You kind of wonder why Peter Falk wrote something like that into it. It's like this kind of uh, er chili joint from like the bits and pieces of ones from the nineteen seventies episodes. You're like uh, did, like the ultimate one. In this There's, for some th- there is another. Oh, I'm really, I'm really letting everybody down. I'm sure someone in the comments will help. Well, you always do. But anyway, thank you very much, Mom. Uh, it, there's <laughs> oh, a, the episode with Sledgehammer, uh, which oh, is another yes. episode. Yeah, yeah. I th- it doesn't take place in a Barney's Beanery, I don't think, but it takes place in an almost identical restaurant. Oh, okay. And he has scenes where he like kind of yells at. Uh, the owner, and yeah, uh, I'll do a little research in the background and see what I can find out about that, and let's move to the next topic. And, and I'm going to say also one thing about, <laughs> about the uh, Barney's Beanery joint. A place like that would not have a kitchen that clean where you would have people dining in the kitchen. Yeah, you wouldn't go to it. Oh, no. I'm, I'm going to guess that w- <laughs> Yes, you wouldn't. No, no, that is not the best thing. But then also the, the idea of the whole of the Barney guy being Columbo is sort of trying to be a conscience is peculiar too. Right. But I mean that plays into like Columbo uh letting the audience know that he is just playing along to solve the case because when that guy brings up anything like that, Columbo's like, Ah, you're on drugs, fine, I took a bunch of gum, that's it. And it turns out in the right in the end, he's right. He was just playing along, playing just the taking uh, it. Yeah, that's it. Just fake you it. Know, there is that ambiguity because he did let the daughter go. Yes, yeah, she, it's, it's so weird. Me? Would you hurt me? Would you do anything to hurt me? Blah, blah, blah. So yeah. obviously, you know, he's trying to also leave that bit of ambiguity. Which, I mean, this this actually is one of the most, like, uh, film noirish. Yeah. Of Col- which it was surprised the hell out of me that it is. Yeah. Of a lot of films like, that I've seen. It's like effectively it film noir. Yes, oh, yeah. exactly. Did which you is know great. Wait. Did you notice that at the end when they played that uh, this old man music right at the closing credits, 
that was when I realized they hadn't used that music during the episode. No, not at all. Mm. Yeah, which is like super annoying and super, you know, dumbing down. And but yeah, and they waited <laughs> until that when he's going back to being himself. So, yeah, they didn't bring that movie that, that music in, so that also made it seem more noir. Right, because the '90s ones they really hammered the hell out of this old man. No. And this one, <laughs> they yeah, they reserved until the very end. Where he's like back to being Columbo. Yeah, that's the other very, reason I can't stand the episodes, is that music. Yeah. Ugh. Very, very happy to fill you in here, by the way. In the episode, A Trace of Murder, mm-hmm. uh, which in which David Rashi and Shira Denise are, and Barry Corbin, too. Yes, Barry uh, Corbin. Uh, I love, he's, he, actually, I like him in that one a lot. Uh, the, the restaurant returns. It looks a lot classier, but John Finnegan returns as Barney. Oh, so he had a recurring character in the So 90s, a recurring character, and I now feel Weird. really bad that I didn't actually go to Barney's Beanery. <laughs> oh, maybe he's working there. Oh, I, think, there. I think he died in 2002. So no, maybe I believe not. I believe they've interred his corpse there, like Len. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's just in a glass case. Oh, gross! You can actually you can actually uh, eat on it like a table. No, there's like a, he's in front of the the chili bar. You get to hear chili fixings in front of the corpse of John. So you gotta, John. You gotta wipe it down a little bit sometimes. <laughs> there's back splatter. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. God! Oh, they got some of the uh, the turkey chili on him today. Oh boy. Oh dear God! <laughs> anyway, anyway, we're terrible. Yes. Um. <clears throat> so I, I just want to bring up the, the, the director. That said, the same director as uh, direct. It, pretty much, he directed a lot of uh, '90s episodes, including Undercover, which was awful. Right. This one, not as awful. Uh, I think your script there is your situation. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, he also, I was looking at his list. He's got a really, really interestingly varied uh, sort of, of collection. He a did a bunch TV of Star stuff. Treks. Yeah, yeah a, lot a lot of TV, TV stuff. Dagger yeah. of the Mind on Star Trek. Oh, that's a good one. Which is a good one. Yeah. Uh, the Star Trek? Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. He did a bunch of Star Trek episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, the Wonder Woman TV movie with Kathy Lee Crosby. Oh, well. Well, in that right. case, forget it. I'm uh, polishing the- my glasses. Herbie Goes Bananas and the Apple Dumpling oh, Gang writes oh. again. Oh, so he, he got along well with uh, Don Knotts. That's good. Because <laughs> if anyone got well along well with Don Knotts, Actually, I think got he a, the, got a thing in the industry. It looks like he was a Disney director for a lot of stuff, which is how he got involved. So, oh, okay. Hmm. Computer wore tennis shoes. The computer... So I would, des- I would describe him as one of those directors who probably has nothing about his work that stands out in any way. <laughs> but which sometimes makes... those careers last so long and they're okay. It's like those weird yeah. journeyman things where it's like, uh, what are we doing? Okay, set up, set up, set up, done. All right, next one. And you just do it. Get in under budget. You're fine. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's definitely – he's done a lot of uh, my two other favorite 1990s era uh, detective programs, which, of course, are Murder, She Wrote – uh, which is a show, a show about yes. a woman who writes the word murder. Yes. Uh, wait, what was that? Sorry, Carolina? 28 episodes of that. 28 oh, episodes. Oh, Jesus. That's, That's a lot. A lot. And, and also, of course, Diagnosis Murder, 11 episodes oh, of that. Oh, uh, with, with Dick, uh, Dick Van Dyke? With Dick Van Dyke, a there show I love because murder is no diagnosis. <laughs> you would never you would never go to your doctor and he'd say, I, I don't know how to tell you, but... But you have murder. murder. You have murder. Oh, no. There's you have murder in your nose. A lot of people come back from murder. They'll have a full <laughs> life with murder. Oh, anyway, uh, yeah. So a lot of uh, a lot of TV work with him. I, I want to go back to uh, John Finnegan uh, briefly. Okay. Uh, Barney. Uh, he was also briefly in the In Laws. I want to mention oh. that because I want to tell everyone 
listening to this uh, program right now on your sets at home, whatever way you can, watch The In-Laws. It's one it's of on the best. Hulu. <laughs> it's on Hulu. There yeah, we've been watching it. My wife actually is a big fan of it. Oh, it's, very- it's, yeah. it's one of the best films ever made. Uh, Peter Falk. Oh, my God. You know what? Wait, I, what? Used to, I thought you were talking about the mother-in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> the mother-in-laws, the two-season 1968 uh, sitcom. No. no I'm not talking about that. And, oh, but you're right. The In-Laws is amazing. The In-Laws is an incredible film written by Andrew Bergman, uh, directed by Arthur Penn, I believe. It is Starring fantastic. Peter Falk and uh, my brain. Why is my brain? Alan Arkin. Alan, Alan Arkin, Yes. Hilarious, Serpentine. hilarious, uh, wonderful film. It's very funny. It's a case. But I will say this: see it. Don't, don't sell the mother's in law, mother in law short. I won't. Uh, see that good. if you're on the Hulu. But uh, if uh, it's on the disc, disc on Netflix, find it some other way. Watch the in laws. We should I probably mean, talk about the episode. Yes, <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to mention that because I advocate for the in laws whenever I can because it's a wonderful, beautiful, brilliant film. Anyway, yes. So, um, Faye Dunaway's character and arc in this episode, it's a little strange. A wealthy lady who was kind of taken in by a, uh, a rake, an inventor gambler, and she decides to uh, just kind of murder him. Yeah. It's a, it's a little strange. Yeah. Murder him during a very elaborate uh, wealthy party. In which people are singing uh, Bye Bye Blackbird. Yeah, and a really shitty party. Oh, man, terrible party. Yes. Carolina, I, jump in here. What? How? What's your ranking of that party? I, it was incredibly boring. Oh, God, yeah. terrible. It and was, also, especially if you're at a huge party like that, and the hostess decides, you're like, oh, you can have the booze and the piano, I'm going upstairs. I would feel a little awkward. I would go home. Yeah. It's like, oh, the person whose house it is, who's throwing the party. Who has is, a headache. Yes, who's obviously going upstairs to go to bed for the night, like, I, I might just go home now. But people are like, hey, I'm going to Cares and Rose, here we go, bye. But like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to hang out. Did, but, uh, you know, that's what Eddie Murphy does, reportedly. Oh, great. What? He, throw, he throws big parties, and then he, he just, like, lets people have a party. And then he goes upstairs and just hangs out with a couple of people and then goes to bed. Well, he likes to party all the time. Well, his girl likes to party all the time. Oh, that's what it... See, that's party all the time, you party get, all the time. You get hooked up with a girl who likes to party all the time, and that's what happens. Yeah. It's terrible. Maybe that... Well, that's kind of what happened with Faye Dunaway here. The The party is terrible, in part because yeah, of the show terrible. tunes inside and mariachi outside. <laughs> which, first off, makes me really want to go out the mariachis. But oh, if oh, I'm outside, oh, outside! But if I'm outside too long, my film might get reversed. Yes! Oh, my God! The opening... Shot to this huge mansion, this huge estate. Yeah. Uh, crane shot moving up, and the water and the fountain in the foreground is going in reverse. Oh my god, I didn't see that. Yes! So, they shot a crane shot moving down, and at some point they're like, you know what, this will look better going up. No one's <laughs> going to notice if we just reverse the film. Oh and so for a long time, many seconds, the crane shot's going up great, but the water is being forced back into the ground. Oh, oh my yeah. god! Oh, you and know what? I have on my iPad. So. Uh, oh, iPads don't show reversing yeah, water. They don't show gravity. No, yeah. they don't show that. That's no. I watched it in small screen. So. They're gonna fix it in iOS uh, ten, I uh, twelve. Damn. 
They'll fix the reversing water effect in iOS 12. <laughs> so it'll be good. Then you'll be able to see, like, oh, hey, this is backwards. That's not right. I just really want one production assistant when they're like, can we, can we play it backwards? Do you think it'll be okay if we play it backwards? And he says, yeah, yeah, luckily there's nothing in the shot that observes gravity. Yes. There's exactly. nothing in the shot that's being launched into the air yeah. and then falling back to the ground. I'm sure right. it'll be fine. Uh, why, why was Columbo um, okay just showing up in pajamas and not noticing he was wearing pajamas under his pants and coat? Because he's shown up to crime scenes middle of the night countless times before this. But this one had no idea until the uh, cop, who must be a son of Sergeant Burke, because he's <laughs> constantly annoyed with him, points out, you wearing pajamas? Like, oh, what? Oh, I guess I am. I actually thought that lended some credence to the seduction in the episode. Oh. Be- because it feels like, where, where do you keep your clothes in your house? You keep them in the closet. Where's the closet? In the bedroom. Why wouldn't you be able to get to the bedroom closet if you're sleeping on the couch? I thought it intimated that there had been some friction between Mr. And, uh, Lieutenant and Mrs. Columbo. Really? That's I figured he was just being uh, lazy and tired and getting up and stumbling out the door. At, at first, yeah, but when, when they started doing the back and forth with Laura Statton, Oh. I started thinking, oh, and he's on the outs with Mrs. Columbo is what's going on. Well, John. Yes. Uh, what, what, that was just part of his all, of the whole act. John, <laughs> yes. John, John, what do you think uh, would be the problem uh, Mr. and Mrs. Columbo are having? Uh, it would be a, it's the dog or me, or... <laughs> I'm, Sorry. I'm, I think it's, you never, you never listen. You think I like all of these musicians and television <laughs> stars who murder people, and I told you I don't. Yes. Wait, that would be my wake her up. Hmm? What's that? He just didn't want to wake her up. Yeah, I'd I would prob- go with that. Probably so. Yes. Probably so. Yeah. He's a very considerate husband. Yeah, well, he's he's got she he's got to let her rest up for a bowling night. I do like to, he's America's most indulgent husband. That's maybe, my vision of Columbo. But maybe fictional. She's not fictional. Yeah, this First one. Off, this one, I think. Puts definitely puts lie to that theory because yeah. yeah you you can't have that stupid crackpot Kubrick the Shining theory with Columbo and his wife <laughs> in this two, one. Two, yeah, yeah plus she had her own TV one. show and she solved murders we saw that RJ we that, saw that, it no I never saw that John I know that's talking true about. I a- never I know what you're talking about that never happened that that show never happened I, know, <laughs> I, know I do I've only out. ever seen uh, seen. Um, uh, what's her head on uh, Star Trek Voyager? And even then, barely so. So I know what you're talking about. What's, what's her head? Yes. I don't uh, think I, I personally think that she doesn't exist. I think the wife is a total fiction. You think so? Even after this, when he's like, yeah. I gotta go, it's Thursday night, bowling night. You think he's just going home to like a bachelor apartment? Yeah. Wow. I think oh. that's great. Like, yeah, bowling Interesting. night. What know. about when they went on a cruise together? Yes. But did we actually see them? No, well, we never course, see course, her. We never see her. Yeah. She's Vera. She's Vera without the uh, Cheers uh, pie in the face episode. We no, we never saw her on the tour on the cruise. Did we? No, no, no. She, she wasn't. Calls, he calls no. her too at the end of the episode where someone's trying to murder her. 
Oh, oh uh, rest in peace, Mrs. Columbo. Rest in peace, Mrs. Columbo. Right, he does. Yeah. Although here's my theory. Oh, uh, that they do eventually get divorced. She remarries John Monk in the Baltimore Police Department, <laughs> and then they divorce, and she marries Lenny Briscoe from the New York PD. Oh, that'd be good. I like that. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. Uh, be when, we, when we do the uh, the homicide. Um, a Law and Order crossover episode podcast after this. It'll be... Yeah, that's, that's going to be two episodes. Um, so Actually, John... Yes, sir. Uh, we, we, we chatted about this briefly today. About my being in L.A.? Well, I was in L.A. last week. <laughs> <sighs> How this all fits into the Columbo ongoing hot dad. Oh, sexy dad Columbo. Sexy dad. Sexy dad Columbo. This is weaponized sexy dad, though. This is far, far worse than he's ever done it. This is like the apotheosis of the sexy dad premise. And, and how so, John? Please expound okay. on that. Well, the, the sexy dad premise is merely that with some witnesses or suspects, Columbo will adopt a very paternal, avuncular, charming, and a little flirty personality. Of course. It's, it's very much the your dad flirting with the waitress kind of, kind of behavior. Yes, it's it's generally non-threatening. It's a little warm, but this but the, it skirts the fence. This is explosive. Oh but my like god! The, the perfect example. I think the place I first mentioned it <clears throat> was in the Louis Jordan episode when he's flirting with Francis Nguyen, uh, who runs the Chinese restaurant. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. being very charming and very outgoing with her, and she seems a little flustered by it. That's and it was you know to help him kind of get her to open up. That that's very much what he's doing in this one, except, and this is something my wife helped point out. Um, he's really overdoing it, letting her kiss him, letting her buy him things, and then there's another issue I got to talk about about the time frame of this. That but makes it really weird. Oh, I know. Yeah, I noticed that too. Like the time frame of this thing, it's twenty four. I was surprised a lot of times. Like, oh, it happened yesterday, and yeah. then a lot of things happened. And they're sort of like, oh, it happened yesterday. Like, no, it should have been like two days. What are you The whole episode takes place in about 24 hours. Yeah, which Which did not add up to me, add up for me at all. Uh, But anyway, so, but my wife pointed out that, yeah, Columbo's really getting into it. He's really manipulating her. He, he's feigning just straight up love or like, you know, puppy love with her. Oh my God. They, 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 they come close to making up, like making out. Yeah, like twice in this episode. It's a little but as my like, wife points oh. out, Staten set the guidelines. She set the boundaries on it, and Columbo is working within those boundaries. Yeah, which is which is fair enough. What Columbo does with dozens of killers, male and female, he lets them set. Like that's how he traps them. He says, "Okay, so you've set up the boundaries. This is the lie you're sticking to. This is your rationale." This is your personality, and this is the way you're going to treat me, so I'm going to work within these four walls to take you apart. And with with Staten, it just happened to be romantic, a little sexual, and uh, violating the sanctity of marriage, basically. Yeah. But he's, he's So it seems passive. extreme. He's very passive. Yes, he yeah, is. Yeah, no, yeah, let's, definitely. And, like, and all, also... She and makes then, all the advances. Yes, and, like, blaming it on, like... Oh my cat! Which was a very classic Columbo thing. Blaming it on like, oh my captain right. needs this report. My captain needs this. He's a taskmaster. Blah blah blah, and then just letting her uh, kind of go into the sort of comfort zone, saying like, oh well, you know what? I'll just say it was this and this, like you said. 
This is which is this a very is, good classic Columbo move to do yeah. that. This is, I think, the one time I've seen him do sexy dad as kind of right. childlike because he is he is being kind of boyish the whole time. Oh yeah, it's weird. You know, it's, yeah, it's weird and unsettling though. Which I, you gotta wonder, like, why uh, Peter Falk wanted to well, or maybe not. Like uh, Peter Falk wanted Columbo to like uh, get with a lady, I guess. I, I think know. it's it might just be the difference between a forty year old Peter Falk and a sixty year old Peter Falk. Yeah. Because when when you're forty, you've still got your physical prime. When you're sixty, you know, you're maybe the message he's trying to give is you make me feel young again. Which, but it makes me also kind of wonder when he started writing this script. Right. Like how yeah. often it was like. Changed and adapted sexy. over the years. Hmm? He's not that sexy at sixty. No, 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 he's no, no, not. no, 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 no. Bless, bless his heart. Yes, but yeah, but you gotta wonder, like, was this something he was just kind of working on, on and off in the the garage, uh, workroom, you know, with the, the uh, <laughs> with with the the vice and the drill every so often. Yeah, with the vice and the drill. Just sitting sitting in a car on the set of The Great Race and every now Jack Lemmon's like, what you doing? And I'm writing uh, a I'm script. I'm just scribbling something. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, might so might I, make I, something out of it in about like, 40 years. Yeah, I, I no, I mean, seriously, I kind of wonder, like, how That's, long he had been working on this. Yeah, I imagine if he had if he had filmed this in, you know, 20 years earlier. Yeah. yeah. Looking yeah, like, the way he did. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, the it original run. scandals, too. Because, I mean, the, um, and the thing is, like, it, it's very obviously he has, he throws in a lot of the basic elements. You got, you got the car, you got the references to the dog, references to the wife, he's in a chili joint. But, yeah, it's the odd thing where it's like, oh, Columbo kind of stepping off the range. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Speaking of uh, the things that they bring back. Uh, the the elements they bring back they really hit the just one more thing on with oh yes 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 definitely yeah I mean mean, there's a thing too where um it's this weird almost meta commentary thing where uh he he's watching her through that window when she's in the phone booth talking to her daughter and then uh, she comes into the store and he runs into her uh, quote unquote runs into her (laughs) and. She says something to him, and he says, like, oh, well, you're a lot more reasonable. A lot of people, they're like, oh, boy, good news. You caught the killer. The case is solved. Where it's a kind of comment, like, commenting on, well, the previous, like, 30 years of the show, you get the killer doing that sort of thing. And he actually wrote that into the script as, like, kind of a gag, almost. And then she actually says that specifically later on, you know, joking around with him. But it's him kind of talking about, like, Oh well, yeah. That's what we did in all of the scripts in the seventies mm-hmm. up till now. Yeah, the 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 killer would kind of work too hard to try to get in his good graces. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it was a weird thing. I don't know. You know, uh, speaking of again of like the callbacks, we learn in this episode that <clears throat> Columbo, who I don't think we've ever seen work a case longer than a week. Oh yes, that thing. Yes, uh, right. That was says odd. that he was it nine years. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I was trying was to figure odd. out because originally I thought that was a cute little wink to the show being off air for a certain amount of time, but it was off the air for eleven years. Yeah, so it's like a nine years, four months is what he said. Yeah, yeah, that's real specific number. So I'm also I want of, that story. 
Yeah, I'm wondering I wonder what that one I, is. I'm dying to see if that was based on an episode. Or just I don't he think picked a was. thing. Probably. He just picked, he picked a, thing. a thing. Or it might have been one of the books, for all I know. Or maybe someone's oh. written about it now. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, I don't think he cares about the books. No, I doubt that, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, as far as we know, he's, he always solves the case at the end of the episode. So there, yeah. were there right. any episodes yes. where it was uh, unsolved? No. No. I can't think of one, no, but no, again, we've got commenters who love to Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, and and we you value all. you all, everyone. I wouldn't know what to do without we you. We love every one of you. Where's Glenn? God bless you. Yeah, Glenn, Glenn disappeared. <laughs> Glenn went, uh, I think, over to the uh, Scottish one. Now he's over at the TARDIS. I'm not sure. Thing. We'll see. I don't have <laughs> anyway. God bless you, Glenn. Wherever you are, wherever you are Glenn, God bless you. Happy travels, chum. Anyway, yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I'm running. Out, I'm running out of notes, but I do have some stuff I called up here. I was curious about what else was playing on Halloween in 1993. Oh, good. Yeah, good. 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 Uh, so, of course, over on Fox, uh, as they always do, it was a Treehouse of Terror. Oh, uh, so oh actually, on Halloween night or Treehouse of Horror. Well, oh, no, they right, do so that. They run. They run Wait, the marathon. What, what night of the week was this? Uh, it so. was Sunday. Oh, okay. Well, all right. All right. But, you know, they they do the marathon. Usually right, it's on yes. Halloween, isn't it? Anyway, yeah. I stopped watching The Simpsons in 98. I don't know. Oh, you're one of those. <sighs> you're not required to watch a TV show. Yeah, I know. But eh, they've had uh, some good things since 1998. I, there's, a re- there's a real 17 years. They've had a couple of good episodes in there. So uh, <laughs> on the other channels, CBS... Uh, was playing something called No Child of Mine, a movie, oh, which was a medical medical thriller of some sort. Of course. Uh, there appears to be a Fox special called The Scariest Monsters of All Time. Oh, good. <laughs> which is great, which is great. Yes. Um, but leading into Columbo. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, leading into Columbo, this, this is not was, the best. It was back when it was uh, moved to ABC at this point, right? It was on yes. ABC. Yeah. So the, uh, it had America's Funniest Home Videos and Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. <laughs> Do you know not which a, episode? Not a great episode. Smart Kids. Not my favorite. Wait, what? what is Smart Kids? It's ge- it's Genius Babies. Wait, what? Really? Yeah. Uh, but, over yeah. On Mur- but over on Murder, She Wrote. Oh, right. Yeah, Sunday night, CBS. It was, right. it was the... And Carolina, I'm hoping yeah. you know what I'm talking about. What? It's the episode where Jessica Fletcher puts on VR glasses and what? goes into a virtual reality murder. What? Oh my god! There's an there's an episode where Jessica Fletcher solves a virtual reality murder. What? <laughs> Why? It's the, she's standing around in a room with giant gloves on and a big visor. Oh my! It's god. just like I'm here. You know. We all we'll get to that in episode. Uh... Uh, 78 or so of our Murder, She Wrote podcast. We're going to wind down. That we'll do after this. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Lord. (laughs) What? A virtual reality murder. Yeah, it's fantastic. I think I maybe stopped watching Murder, She Wrote when I got to my freshman year of college. Maybe. Oh, you're one of of those guys. I'm one of those guys. In 17 years, they had some good episodes, RJ. Yeah, I Uh, know. Also, I went and looked (laughs) to see who... uh, who else was nominated in uh, 94? Oh, for the same for Emmy. For the Emmy that yes. uh, Faye Dunaway won. And uh, RJ, if you give me a drum roll. Uh, I, I, I meant to overlay it in sound effects, but that's okay. Uh, Bonnie Bedelia as oh. Sally, Sally Creighton on Fallen Angels. I have no idea what that is. Yeah, I know either. Stalker Channing as oh, Viola that- Elliott on Road to Avonlea. 
Oh, Evanly. Yes. Oh my gosh, really? I don't. I forgot she was on that. Uh, Laura Dern as Annie Ainsley, also on Fallen Angels. Interesting. No. I uh, look at this Fallen Angels thing now. I don't know what it is. It's on Showtime. Anyway, uh, oh. Penny Fuller as Roberta Taub on NYPD Blue. Eh. Which I hate to admit, never seen NYPD Blue. Wait, why would MI, wait? Why would NYPD Blue be in that category? It was a regular yeah, actually, series. She was nominated for guest actress in a drama. Oh, they didn't know what to do with that back then. Okay, yeah. got it. And uh, lastly, Marley Matlin as Laurie Bay on Picket Fences. Oh, and she won that. Oh, no, 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 no. Faye no, no. Dunaway won. Faye Dunaway. Wait, I think Mar- I don't Mar- want to spoil Marley that Matlin. for you, RJ, but Faye Dunaway won. Yeah, okay, now. but Marley Matlin. <laughs> Marley Matlin was nominated for at least two, yeah, for two different Emmys that year for two different shows. I don't think it was the other one she won that year. That might be. No, she didn't win that year, but she was it was for her Seinfeld episode. <laughs> what? Okay, sure. Yeah. That's the thing she did, the Seinfeld. <laughs> All right, sure, why not? So now now we have context for this episode. We oh, thank God. Better than oh, ever. Uh, speaking of context, actually it's not at all. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, look at my notes. So the uh, the photo that kind of cracks the case, ah. the photograph of Faye Dunaway in the ch- the backwards chair, smoking the cigar, wearing a crazy hat oh, that cigar. looked like a, it looked like a reject like a reject from a Vanity Fair cover from the nineties. <laughs> like well, what was been, that? Did we ever learn what Laura Statton's wealth, like what the origin of her wealth was. No, not at all. That did not come up in the story at all. She was just rich. That's it. I think oh, it's she... fair to assume she was a fashion model. Maybe? But yeah. that would have been taken after she had done that. Oh, uh, well. It, it was it was an odd thing. It was an odd photograph for them to pick to hinge the, uh, the uh, solution on. It was a strange photo, I thought. I, do you think she funny. got it? Do you think she got it done at Glamour Shots at the mall? That's kind of what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. So the Glamour Shots at the mall had that rare antique <laughs> chair. That and was she was also like, I in... love it, and I want to keep it. Yeah. So Columbo took the chance, like, I've seen that at Glamour Shots, but I'll <laughs> present that to her. Like, this is a rare antique chair that can only be in one place. You're like, all it... right, you've got it. It's me. It's it my did. daughter. The tip-off, though, that she should have realized that that was coming was that he got her a cigar. Because he yeah. saw the cigar in the photo. Yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of him getting stuff for her, why did he bring the flowers in a violin case like a mafia that, gun? That, that, that was weird. <laughs> because uh, the first time I saw that, I thought, like, oh, it's going to be some... Because he pulls her into the room, like, away from people. I thought, like, oh, it's going to be some sort of uh, weird... Um, Evidence reveal. Like, now it's uh, flowers in a case. You think yeah. he was hiding the flowers from his wife? Oh, maybe. Uh, hiding the flowers? Maybe. Flowers? Could be. I like that. That's a good call. Yeah, actually, that might be it. All but right. Don't you think his wife would be like, where the hell are you going with that guitar? Or, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, I'm well. going to lessons. <laughs> it's well, well accepted that Columbo loves to fiddle. Yeah. But wait, can can I just talk about the cigar? I mean, since we're, since yes. I chose this episode because it For was sure. so creepy, there was that moment when he gives her the cigar and they're both holding it. Yeah, weird. Like the hands on the cigar that touching. Was strange. That was you know the phallic symbol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But prior prior to uh, the entire Bill Clinton thing, I don't think it was unsavory yet. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, yeah. 
And wasn't wasn't that in like that? Well, uh, I don't know of the Ingmar Bergman film. Was it the Mel Brooks where it's like the Balika symbol? You know, <laughs> <laughs> isn't that around? This, that was way before then. I think I, feel like I think you could have symbol. taken that. You could have taken that as that before uh, uh, Bill Clinton did the uh, whatnot. No, yeah, that's saying it's like it was already a phallic symbol. We yeah. all it was already a joke about cigars as phallic symbols. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yes, that is strange. I don't. Uh... It's it's so weird in this episode to balance what you know about Columbo from the previous like thirty years to then have this thing thrown at you, and it's it's sort of clear, but it's not entirely clear that he's not cheating on Mrs. Clay. It's still strange to me. She's I don't got know. her hand on his phallic symbol, right? She's got yes. her hand. On it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's still bizarre to me. It's yeah. a lot. And can I also ask you guys, as I mean, I I am stuck with this image in my mind since I saw it last night because I saved like the second, the last episode. You know, I had to watch it on YouTube in the four pieces. Yeah. So yeah. The fourth one was the was the last one that I saw. And the, when she blows in his ear. Oh, my God. I like that. <laughs> I'm not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> People really do that? No, I'm never. Does that happen in real life? There, there's Usually, a... you shake hands first. Right? Yeah. No, there's there's a thing like it kind of reminds me of um, and and I, I apologize uh, to our listeners at home if this, if this gets a little if this gets a little uh, racy. I'm bracing myself. Um, it, it's the book um, uh, Peyton Place. Uh, there's a thing in Peyton Place. There's been a film based on it back in the 1950s or 60s, but they didn't put this in there. Where uh, there's a lady in there who says, like, Oh, no, uh, women love it when you uh, flick uh, the, the, the uh, top of their breast there. And, like, I don't think I've never been with anyone who enjoys that. So it's a weird thing. It's like, I've never known anyone who enjoys, like, blowing into the ear like it's a bassoon. <laughs> it's, it's a weird popular culture, strange movie television thing where it's like they think it's like oh this is very erotic and hot it's like no no one really likes that no one likes no one likes you blowing into the ear like you're trying to get some dust out of there no one likes that you know if if you want to see like you want to see the apex of the thing the writer thinks is erotic, but it has is by no means. Yes, is read any heterosexual relationship in a Chuck Palahniuk novel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's some of the some of the things that he thinks women are looking for is terrifying. I would, yeah, it, it's a little strange. Like, yeah, really, I've I, I've never known a lady who would be into that. But all right, <laughs> maybe I just haven't been asking right. I don't know. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It, it's not a good manual. Is a thing. It, it's not right. a good. It's not a good user's guide. For instance, don't use that as your fact, as the kids <laughs> say on the internet. Kids do well, say that. On the obviously, internet. Well, I know they do. FAQ. Obviously, Peter Falk likes it. Yeah, that's that's a thing. So, <laughs> oh my God! So it gives you. Oh, it's, is that worse though? That it gives you some insight into uh, Peter it's Falk's yeah. erotic awakenings. Well, he wrote it, right? So yeah. he thinks that's sexy. So were those the things that? Uh, uh, maybe uh, he thought was great, but maybe Sheridanese didn't think was great. It's like, man, I well, so I so wish uh, some lady would blow into my ear for five minutes, <laughs> like, like trying to blow up a balloon or trying to like uh, get the uh, get the clown thing at the carnival. Get the clown thing at the carnival? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they shoot the, yeah, shoot, I know they shoot the water is. gun. Yes, the, yes, okay. yes. 
Anyway, I'd like to I thank our know. listeners for enduring our kink shaming segment. <laughs> oh, stop! Uh, oh, we're fine. <laughs> we, we shamed we shamed the uh, the fans of the air blowers and the nipple flickers more than the uh, <laughs> other folks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Why can't so we title- sorry, Babylon Five fans. <laughs> Why can't we call this? We've thrown you ear- by the wayside. What did it make when, she, when, he, when she blew into his ear? It made a sound like when you blow across the top of a bottle. <laughs> 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 the glass eye like provides a little wet whistle. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> oh no! She just—it's like calling on a submarine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, are you are you done with your kink shaming? You I'm done. I'm done. All right, yeah, we're go. fine. Okay, let's go. People learn. <laughs> people learn different things. So whatever. Uh, one of the other thing. Uh, another. We haven't talked of, about uh, Armando Pucci at all. Wait, Armando, where are you getting Armando Pucci? Because his name was Nick Franco. The uh, the actor. Oh, the actor's name. Oh, I yeah. was character name. Oh, okay. Yeah, Nick, we haven't talked about Nick Franco at all. Yes. We also really haven't talked about Bill Macy. Who I only just. Oh, Bill Macy. Bill Macy was great in this. Playing uh, the Bill... most Jewish guy in L.A. Yes, which is saying something. Yes, right? yes. My godparents uh, will be disappointed to learn they lost the title. Yeah, um, but yeah, no. The guy, the guy who played uh, uh, Nick Franco was a huge rake, just yeah. a terrible, terrible dude who somehow was able to have a housekeeper and had raisins all over the place. <laughs> oh, actually, can we talk about that a little? This very briefly. <clears throat> all right, let's go talk about raisins. Colum- Columbo. I uh, have no problem using a dead man's food to make a snack. Right. He was completely fine using the guy's raisins and uh, peanut butter and bread to just make some kind of snack for himself. Uh, and he was like, this is to die. What? Right. He loves it. This is Which to- is, by the way, another reason I thought the episode was trying to tell us that he and Mrs. Columbo had a falling out. Because he's eating there? Yeah, because he's eating there, not at home. Ah, okay. See, see, I, would, I, would, I, see I wouldn't have gotten that from the uh, when he I think this was up. A- with the uh, the the, the uh, hard bolt well legs, he's done that. Yeah, we just grabbed those out of the, the fridge. He's got a bowl of those in the fridge, right? Okay. Yeah. I don't know why he doesn't peel them first. Anyway, because it's more fun to uh, to crack them open at a murder scene where there are. The show went on about. long enough. He would eventually crack one open on someone's uh, like brazen skull. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> but okay. um, uh, yeah. So Pookie Poochie. Pookie. Yes. Yes. Pookie, widow, widow Pookie, who played Nick Franco. Right. Uh, I was I was going down the list of everything that made him a villain, <clears throat> and there's his like his insincere affections. Right. His his the fact that he's uh, I don't know what you call this, where you extort money from your your lover. The thing is, like I I oh, didn't also think... strangled. Yeah, that's the well, thing. that's the thing. That's, that's the worst thing. Yeah, because <clears throat> you see that scar on uh, Babylon right, Five's right. neck. Right. It's like, oh, that comes from him. He's like, I don't want to have to do that again. It's like, oh, okay, that yeah. guy. But before, the... but aside from that, he's pretty much just Henri from Cheers. <laughs> but uh, the, well, the thing I was that I but an I, abuser. So yeah, I was good. trying to think of why they went for the abuse because it's it's a big decision to make. Oh yeah, yeah to have yeah. a character cross it, or it's either a big decision or a lazy decision. Oh, but yeah. thinking about that party where. Uh, Staten goes upstairs and she says, you guys can stay here and party. Her life is full of mooches. If the guy's biggest crime is that he was mooching off of her, right. she's got a million mooches. No, they need to make it worse. His biggest crime was abusing her daughter. 
Right. Yes. yes. So I that's, that's yeah. I think that was well. I think it was it was the abusing her daughter <laughs> and also the sort of blackmail too. Yeah. Absolutely. Nobody here Both is saying those. that is like in support of abusing the daughter, except no. RJ and I am. He sent me earlier, but I won't share that here. Wait. What? What was that? What I said? Nothing. What? Huh? Sorry. Wait. What? What did I say? What? Nothing. You said nothing. I was I was I was poking you. Oh my god. I was, doing, I was making the I was making you the put fun. Put it in a public record for five people. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I just they they kept building up what a wretch he was. But until that last minute, he was kind of a wretch at pace with everybody else in Laura Stratton's life. Right. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But then they do the yeah they do the reveal. It's like oh no, he was actually physically. God, and it was like a really terrible. bad scar too. Like it looked. Oh like yeah, he, it was awful. Like what the hell did he do to do that? Yeah. So that's that's a good way to like seal the deal on the guy. Oh yeah. But then, but then was it? Was it a character thing, or was it kind of a lazy character thing to say, like, oh, he did this, too, because they felt like they needed to add another, like, add another thing to justify the murder. I don't know. Well, I thought it was great that right after that scene, and he does that really, that super sleazy, I don't want to have to do that again. That oh, was, that was so terrible. Ugh. But then he's like, when she's Creepy. on the phone, and he's putting all those love letters up against the glass, uh, and, like, that, that is absolutely the worst human being. Yes, yeah. Like, threatens her, blames her for her the injury that he caused her, and then now he's sending her little love letters. Oh, that's... Well, the, the weird thing is, like, that, that. I like that scene a lot, though, because it was almost like kind of a funny thing, where she's just in the phone, but it's right. like, oh, he's putting the thing up there, like, yeah, I just want to kill him. And he <laughs> has no idea. But she's just kind of very casually on the phone saying, like, yeah, I want to kill this bastard. I yeah. don't care. Which I yeah, thought was a very funny, great way to put that out there. So, she gets, Peter she gets Falk, a little... nice writing there. That was actually, that was, that was really good. Yeah. She gets a little of her power back, yeah. Yeah. Except, Which is good, because she when... basically, she kind of disappears from that point on. Yeah, except for when she has to, like, sit with the corpse in the living room. <laughs> right. And rehashing the uh, electric blanket corpse thing from uh, Suitable for Framing. Exactly. And dressed like Columbo. Yeah, yes, exactly. Everyone's wearing got a, to, wearing uh, an overcoat and right. tucking her lapels under. But yeah, from that point on, though, she's 90% of her role is uh, tight close-ups when she's on the phone in a cheap room. Yep. Which, I mean, uh, from a directing standpoint, easy to shoot that stuff, but uh, not visually interesting. We didn't, we didn't really talk about any of the specific... Um, uh, signifiers that that hinted at a lesbian relationship oh there's a lot of those though so uh signify- go oh yeah no we'll, we'll be done very soon um oh yeah well actually let me let me shut up and then carolina do you have any thoughts you want to throw in <laughs> no, and you no, can no, like, I mean, let's do because we've kind of dominated you this conversation i think you've you've had very little time to talk so please oh no I've, I've been fine i've been listening to you guys like i like as if i was already listening to the podcast i <laughs> <laughs> That's not good, though. Yeah, I don't know if I feel good about that, but that's okay. Yeah. Oh, All right, well, right. let's, we'll throw in this one about the lesbian signifiers, and then we can... The rant. lesbian signifiers, yeah, I mean, you, I totally thought they were lesbians, you know. Oh, I, know. The, yes. I love you, I miss you, I don't want to go away, and then it, she seemed really jealous. Which, by the way, is, is, that, is that an okay story thing, or is that a uh, uh, early 90s cheap sort of titillation story dodge thing? I think, I think it was both, but I think it was definitely the titillation because they chose this actress who looked yes. something out of like a Roman Polanski or Claude Chabrol, you know, like she looked like one of those actresses from the titillating movies from Europe. 
Didn't yeah. she? Have, I, I, Anna I didn't and then had her do like a terrible one. accent from one of those European movies too. <laughs> yeah, she was supposed yeah. to have been raised in Italy, oh. but she had an accent like I think like the garbage monster from Fraggle Rock. It was sometimes French, sometimes American, yeah. bad, yeah. whatever, and it was but, yeah. It was totally my, my, going my, for that look. They were totally yeah. going for that look. Yeah. And she comes when they have that that meetup in the bathroom, and she walks out of one of the stalls. Which I think, I feel like any time there's a any kind of like secret confrontation in a bathroom, that's supposed to be your homosexual signifier. Yeah, back back then because right. of the shadiness of it. Yeah. But yeah, she comes out and she's wearing like a Lauren Bacall outfit. She's got like the pants and the oh, oh yeah 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 yeah. That was my favorite. It was weird. One. It was weird, though. That was that, that was the one where I think they were selling. It. They were selling yeah. it really hard in that scene. Yes. Oh yeah. Just trying to trick you and then undercut it at the end. Like, oh no, it's my daughter. It's like, yeah, of course it's your daughter because you got Faye Dunaway in a TV. Yeah. Show. There's a murder. Yes. Ah, that's a, that's that to me is the worst thing about this episode is that they went with that. But it's not, a, it's not a, as for a 90s episode in particular, it's really not bad. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it, it's it's somewhat damning with faint praise. But yeah, as the 90s yeah. episodes go, this one is... Well, you know what? Let's do this officially Let's as we do often this, do. Because yeah. it's been a while. Maybe I forgot. Um, go around the horn and uh, see what people... Uh, Carolina, uh, mm-hmm. what, 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 overall, what did you think yeah. of this episode? You know, I, I thought it was awful at first, but then just like any of the others, the more I watched it, the more I got into it. Yes. And, you know, the more we talk about it, the more interesting it seems, which may be very vain of us. But No, 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 no. <laughs> Not at all. No, it, it definitely has a lot to talk about. I mean, it, it seems like a collage of a lot of different ideas, you know, uh-huh. like not so much a knitting together of ideas, but more of a collage where there's like overlaps of yes. like Chinatown and... You know, like his past ideas and, you know, maybe he wrote this for a younger, a younger Columbo, etc. Mm-hmm. But definitely one of the more interesting episodes. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I really appreciated the lack of music. Yes. Except, except for the odd, um, I don't know if it was the same vocalist, but there were a lot of like standards that showed up a lot in this there episode. There were. It had a which I was surprised by. That was a yeah. soundtrack. Yeah. Which was, mm-hmm. was interesting. Um, yeah, Stand By Your Man. Yes, that was in there. Uh, Bye Bye Blackbird, of course, we talked about earlier. Um, I think It's All in the Game, actually. That song uh, showed up in here at 1.2. Um, and then, like, one or two other ones, too, I was surprised by. Uh, John? Yes, sir? Have you a rating for this episode? It's it's a tricky one to rate, because yes. we do, da- we, like you say, we damn it with faint praise. And on my first watch, you know, squicked out by the whole idea of Columbo betraying his wife, even even emotionally, yes. was really difficult. Second time, there is a lot to talk about and a lot to get your teeth into, which I really enjoy. And that's, that's you know, good. Whether something I'm watching is really good or really bad or even just mediocre in terms of, like, the execution of the story, it's if it gives you a lot to talk about or a lot to think about, I love it. So I'm going to give it sort of a qualified for the era eight Mm. Out of out of ten reverse fountains. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. Um, yeah, no, I feel the same way. We're like the first time I saw it, I was uh, I did not like the fact that Columbo was even vaguely uh, cheating on his wife. Which I mean, but that's me. You get invested in a fictional character, but then also, how much does that even matter? Mm-hmm. 
But then also, that's the guy that they've set up for decades. Those are the rules they've set up for this guy. So you do invest yourself emotionally in that a little bit. But the second time watching it, you see the different weird, odd clues like, oh, okay, he's not entirely doing that, but it, it, I don't know. I, I liked it a lot more, the second viewing. And yeah, I have to say, for one of the 90s ones, uh, the ones I've seen, this is one of the better ones. But yeah, I, I definitely have to question uh, when it was written originally, uh, what the motivations were. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of weird things about it, but yeah, it, it's not it's not a bad one to watch for the 90s deals. Yeah, that's it. No, yeah. yeah, I agree, I yeah. agree. Yeah, it, it's it's good enough, <laughs> I guess. So there we go. All right. It ain't a culp, which will be, I can tell you right now, folks. We'll never do. Never. No, no, no. I can not tell you, once. folks, things are in motion. We will be discussing a culp at not the next one, but we will not, be and discussing. Not the one after that, and not the three after that. No, stop. the next ten. Oh, stop. No, we will be discussing a culp in the not-too-distant future, I can assure you, our listenership. Uh, well, thank you, Carolita, for coming back. To talk Thank about you. a '90s one, um, where should folks go uh, to see what you're doing these days? Me, Carolina dot org. Yes, uh, yes. I, I was just going around there today. Um, uh, the, the the Oscarina comics, those are great. And there's Thank one you. that I saw that I, I'd seen a while back, and I saw it again today, and I laughed and thought it was the the one with the uh, general. Ah, and the with, with a balloon. <laughs> that is such a classic, wonderful gag. I love it. Thank you. I, it, it, it's, it's one of the funniest things I've seen in a long time. So, yes. So, go. See her things. She's in The New Yorker. Uh, she writes great stuff in other places, too. So, please, go and see her see her work. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank um, you. John, what do you have coming up? In well, uh, I, I think, unfortunately, this episode will debut afterwards. But oh, but no it'll still be available. For a sale. But there's no reason yes. you can't hie yourself over to comicsology.com yes. and pick up this year's Boo Halloween Stories, an 80-plus page anthology. 80 pages, of, goodness gracious. 80-plus pages Good digital Lord. anthology of humor and horror comics for the Halloween season with art by me with uh, nothing by RJ this time around. No. But, uh, it was a but weird you can, year. You can pick up the previous issues where RJ has contributed. Yeah, it's a dollar ninety nine. That's for it. Fifteen stories, twenty three creators, and you can only get it once a year. So come on by. Except you can get it forever once it's published. I, but, I, I I've bought mine. I've not yet to read it, uh, but I will be doing it tonight or tomorrow. But yeah, quite an endorsement. I was very definitely. forward to it. It, it is a thing. It's a good. It's a very, very good, worthy project. So, so thank you very much. I, it's actually, I think, it's probably the best issue we've put out yet. Oh, nice! Because so, I was not in it. That's which not is a what huge I was going to reason. say. No, that's a giant reason for it being. <laughs> we brought in well. a couple new folks, and uh, we brought back uh, Kyle Starks, one of our original creators. He did a great story. Um, new creator Kim Kirsch just batted one out of the park, and nice. uh, Matt Smeal, who I think's been in every single issue, outdid himself. Definitely worth checking out, so please do. Good, good. Okay. And, uh, yeah, because uh, we're recording this one just before Halloween, uh, which is appropriate because this one up in Halloween, 1993. So uh, don't get too scared listening to this, everybody. Um, even if we use this voice. Yes, even if we use the voice. Yes, it's just one more thing. If you want... No, I can stop <laughs> doing that. I'm already sick of it. Um, so yeah, if you uh, so thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, if you want to write to us, uh, we're available at uh, Columbo at uh, thecds.net. Uh, you can listen to new episodes or old episodes. 
at jomtpodcast.com or in the podcast section of iTunes or whatever podcast service you happen to use. Uh, John posts great screen caps and uh, further thoughts about the episodes at jomtpodcast.tumblr.com. We are on Twitter. Please follow us. Uh, we found a few more guests that way recently at uh, jomtpodcast.twitter.com. Uh, that's uh, pretty much it. That's where you find us online. Uh, I want to thank you very much for listening. I'm RJ White. I'm John Morris. And we will be back to you much sooner than we were the last time. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Good night. Oh, listen, just one more thing. Is a refrigerator on or off? Is the refrigerator on or off? On. On or off? On. Now put the plug in the other socket. Plug in the other socket. Is the fridge on or off? On. Now. On or off? Off. Now. On or off? On. On or off? Oh!